to Relationship Rewind on WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, a show where we rewind relationships in popular media and break down behaviors that are often considered normal but are actually based in power, control, and abuse. I'm your host, Allie Williamson, she, her pronouns, the youth educator and advocate at Next Step Domestic Violence Project. Today we'll be inviting a local high school student named Kim she, her pronouns, on to talk about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. This movie was released in 2010 and follows Scott, a 22-year-old musician, forced to battle the seven evil exes of Ramona, his new girlfriend. There are also references to the 1978 movie Grease and the 2001 movie Not Another Teen Movie. I would like to take this time to let you know that there may be spoilers or sensitive materials discussed in this episode. If you would like to reach out for support, please call Next Steps 24-7 and free helpline at 1-800-315-5579. The show focuses on identifying behaviors and relationships in media that are often considered normal or even romantic and passionate, but are actually unhealthy and based in power and control. One of the goals of this show is to create a space to discuss the experiences young people are having and how they feel relationships in media are impacting them. Hopefully the show will be a space of connection during COVID where we otherwise might not be able to have these conversations. We use media like TV shows, movies, books, and music as tools to recognize and start conversations about harmful and unhealthy behaviors in relationships, but this is not to pass judgment on the media we're discussing. I would like to now introduce Kim for our discussion on Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. This has been like one of my favorite movies. I always have the movies, the movies that are like my favorites where it's like there is there's something toxic going on in there like this or Grease. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's why it's really important to be able to because you can love a movie. You can appreciate like the entertainment value of a movie, but also be able to recognize the different things that are happening. When we're talking about the, these kind of movies and the different like toxic behaviors that are happening in them, it's not saying that they aren't entertaining movies, but there are just some things that are just not no. good ideas. And yeah. I, I don't think it's made clear to a lot of like, especially young people, that these aren't the ideal things that you want to have in your relationships, especially when they're being framed as these quirky kind of funny things it, it makes them more palatable well I get where you're coming from because like I had like a whole gracer face in like the sixth grade right the one thing I wanted most in life was the Danny and Sanity relationship and I went back and watched that movie and I was like yeah that's not it I did the same thing with this movie is like the first time I watched it it was just this really funny entertaining movie so we didn't actually see any of the problems happening in their relationship but then watching it again a second time a few years later with additional information just makes you think, oh, wow, yeah, I don't actually want this. I think this movie is actually a really good example because there are a lot of really unhealthy and hurtful behaviors happening between a lot of the characters. But it is put in such an entertaining setting that it does make the behaviors seem more palatable. One of the goals of the show is to talk about how just relationships shown in media impact young people who are watching them and seeing them. Can you talk about some of the impacts that you might have noticed? So, like I said, big greaser phrase in like the sixth grade. I don't know why, but like 
that sort of impacted the the view of what I wanted. And like I said, all I wanted was like the Danny and Sandy relationship. But I didn't see the fact that Sandy had to change her whole entire personality. It was specifically for Danny. I don't know why I didn't realize that as a kid. That was like a toxic, like very toxic thing. I think it was just, you know, song and dance that distracted me from it, maybe. Yeah, I noticed the fact that Wallace steals every one of JC's boyfriends, the opportunity he gets it. Yeah, I noticed that she literally is like Wallace again when he steals her boyfriend. So obviously it's happened before. They show it and then they kind of like just skim over it really quickly. This didn't happen. Yeah, glad that you brought that up because it does, and it happens in multiple different relationships throughout the movie. They just have cheating happen so nonchalantly that it's kind of, you shouldn't be bothered by that. You should expect that because they have different characters cheating on different characters and then just brush over it. If you think back uh, to at the end of the movie, during that big scene where Scott is fighting Gideon and he loses the first time, but then he comes back and he Mm -hmm. wins because he tells Knives and Ramona just straight out that he had cheated on them and then he suffers no actual consequences they're just like oh okay that's the thing that I I noticed like a lot I I've had my fair share of scrolling through like TikTok comments right and I've seen people say that Scott has a very redeemable character and their argument was that Knives and Ramona forgave Scott at the end and he had no consequences whatsoever yeah it's not necessarily redeemable but he hasn't done anything to actually understand the impact that him doing all of these things has and they just forgive him with no action actual discussion, actually understanding like what he had done and why it was wrong. In our last episode, we talked a lot about kind of this cycle where people will do these really awful things to one another and then it's just completely forgiven with just like one very small minuscule gesture. I feel like that's kind of what's happening here. He just gives like a quick verbal apology, but he never like explains like why he did it. Yeah, when it doesn't really happen like that in real life. No, because if if that were to happen to me, I'd be like, like, we need to have like a whole conversation. So it kind of like gives you the feeling when you see it in movies and you're just starting your kind of first relationships and you see it where someone's like, oh, I'm sorry that I cheated on you. And it's kind of normalized to be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. We're good. We'll move on. But really, that doesn't actually help that person kind of recover from being cheated on. It doesn't kind of mend any of the harm that that person's caused. It kind of makes it difficult to feel like either you can be like, no, I'm sorry. You saying I'm sorry and that's it and not actually doing anything to understand why what you did was hurtful. It makes it difficult to kind of push and be like well that's not good enough like I understand you're saying you're sorry but that's kind of not going to fix all of the things that you had done that were hurtful how do you feel about that it's the same thing as like a kid I wouldn't have understand that like that's not okay honestly if I didn't go and rewatch it now and I didn't understand how relationships work now and I kind of went with that like whole like a uh, fairy tale vibe I feel like I would be very lost when it when it comes to like being like my my first relationship and everything like that I feel like I wouldn't really understand like where to step and like what are boundaries and if somebody were to cheat on me would I just say hey uh that's okay we can try again or should I actually pursue and trying to like figure out why they would cheat on me or when they cheat on me yeah 
Absolutely. I completely agree with you. It just makes it so confusing because you're seeing it modeled in these relationships that seem so, I want that. Because it's a TV show and a movie, they're obviously going to try to make it entertaining because that's the whole point of TV shows and movies. But it does make it so confusing to be like, okay, well, I can do hurtful things and then apologize. And then people aren't allowed to be like, well, I'm sorry, that's not good enough. I noticed a lot of controlling behaviors in this movie. Is there something that sticks out to you? The thing I wanted to bring up was Scott goes and fights like all of her exes to to prove himself to her. This whole evil ex thing is uh, arranged by Gideon, who it seems wants to control Ramona's love life. I mean, Gideon is a whole nother book of toxic. He literally chips the back of her neck. Honestly, are we sure that even if the exes want to be there? I mean, they're there, but like... I agree with you, because in uh, when Lucas Lee, um, when his character is fighting Scott... I think there's one point where he stops and says hello to Ramona and he's like, he seems nice. Doesn't even seem like he wants to be here like fighting Scott. And it's all just Gideon's need to control Ramona's love life and make Ramona stay with him instead of date anyone else. Right. I'd like to talk about the relationship between Knives and Scott. Knives is 17. She's a high school student and Scott is 22. And they do make like a lot of comments about how he like knows it's not appropriate, but he's continuing to do it. And he's kind of even kind of like excited about how inappropriate it is. Yeah. Is it, I think it's when like he's talking at like the breakfast table with his friends, his friend Stefan's like asking him questions and stuff like that. He's like, oh, we haven't even held hands yet. And he's like bragging about it. It's like, it's, I don't really know if that's like something you want to brag about. He's like really giddy talking yeah. about, oh, well, we almost held hands, but she was too embarrassed. Like she's just so innocent. And I feel like a lot of his relationship with Knives was based off of he was looking for an ego boost after Envy broke up with him. And Envy didn't see him as this adult. And Knives like viewed him as this like a grown up who was like teaching her all of these different things. And she's so innocent. And that's like one of the big things that he is super excited about at the beginning of their relationship, how she's like listening to all of his stories and like very excited about his band and she thinks he's so impressive. So it kind of feels like just like one big ego boost for him. He was using her as like what I would call like an emotional rebound after Envy because the breakup with Envy like totally crushed him. Yeah, what I noticed in like the beginning part of the movie when he's first dating knives he's super excited about these qualities that she has where she's super innocent than how he's like an older boyfriend but then after meeting ramona he starts getting annoyed by those same qualities yeah he starts slowly pushing her away not really talking to her that much i feel like he's trying to give her like that signal i don't want to be around you but he's not verbalizing it in any way it's not good for knives because she doesn't pick up on that like at all and she's like so excited about the band and hanging out with her adult boyfriend that it's clouded yeah he has a lot of opportunities to tell knives that he's not interested in actually having a relationship with her But he doesn't actually say that. I think it's difficult because these signals aren't actually enough. Like, you should be able to fully feel comfortable telling someone if you're not actually interested in having that relationship with them. It shouldn't be like games and signals. 
it should be I'm directly telling you that I'm actually not so sure about a relationship so that you can prepare yourself and you don't get too invested like Knives does with Scott. His reason is like definitely not the reason at all. He gives a fake reason. He's like, well, I just, I think I'm a little bit too old for you. And it's like, Scott, if you really thought that, why'd you start dating her in the first place? He tries to blame her for the breakup. We're breaking up because of reasons related to you. Like your parents probably don't want you in a relationship with me. I'm too old for you. So he kind of puts it so that it's an issue that she has instead of his own actual reason for not wanting to continue the relationship. And it's just like this game where it would just be so much less hurtful if people were direct with each other and were saying, this is why I don't want to be in a relationship instead of trying to make up a bunch of other reasons that takes the guilt off of them or just not telling that person in the first place. Right. Because now Knives starts to go down this like big spiral when she finds out about Ramona. She's like, why is he in love with her instead of me? What did I do? What do I need to be like to be with him oh I need to be like her I need to look like her I need to act like her and everything like that so she goes and she dyes half her hair dyes them blue like Ramona's hair is she starts acting older totally transforming her personality just based off of this one guy I also think in that too there's this big trope throughout movies where people are getting mad at other people who are dating their exes instead of getting mad at the person who actually cheated on them. There's this like pitting Knives and Ramona against each other instead of Knives being upset that Scott lied to her and cheated on her. Yeah like the fact that like Scott like completely takes himself like out of the picture and doesn't inform knives like I cheated on you with this other girl don't be mad at her be mad at me he just lets the whole like Ramona and knives fight just start and he just sits back and watches it I don't think he sees like the repercussions that could happen if he didn't tell knives I would agree with you I think he doesn't let himself see them because the second things start getting a little bit uncomfortable or the second he might start noticing that he's causing harm to other people he either zones out or like physically walks away from the situation. I know there was a the time in the concert hall when his band was about to play like they were like just about to go on stage and he found out that both Ramona and Knives were there and the way that Scott like avoids that is he immediately goes backstage and he tells the lead singer he's like hey we need to go out and we need to play we need to play loud and we need to play now so like Knives gets totally sidetracked with the fact that the band's on stage that's that's like another way he like avoids things there's also the fact like when he first goes to fight Gideon and Knives comes out for the first time even then he's given like a chance to like redeem himself and doesn't at all sees the fact that Knives is going for Ramona and literally is about to pull a, a Scott versus a boyfriend doesn't do anything too focused on something else something else to distract him from what is currently going on. I noticed there was a lot of like little things that I noticed throughout the movie about um when Scott and Knives first started dating. He's like making promises to his friends about how she'll act, making her promise that she'll be good. I don't know if you remember the scene, but it's when she first comes in to see their band practice for the first time. Yeah. And 
she comes in and at the door makes her promise to be good and not embarrass him or get too hyped up or anything. And then the lead singer of their band asks if she's going to get hyped up because he wants her to. And then he's like, oh, yeah, she absolutely will. So he's just kind of like controlling how she's able to act. It's like a controlling thing for Scott. But like she will obviously like in like the beginning scenes where like you just see them together. She's never like out of line, inappropriate, rude, anything like that. She is just happy to be with Scott. So I think it's definitely like an age gap thing where like he's like, well, are you going to be good? And she's like, yeah, like, aren't I always good? If you're just tuning in, this is Relationship Rewind on WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, a show about rewinding relationships in popular media and breaking down behaviors that are often considered normal but are actually based in power, control, and abuse. I'm your host, Allie Williamson, and today we have a local high school student named Kim on to discuss the 2010 movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Can we also talk about, like, how uncomfortable the way he pursues a relationship with Ramona is? Uh, It gives off, like, very stalkerish vibes. I'm pretty sure, like, one of the first things he said to her, he opens the door and he's like, I just saw you in my dream. It's like, okay. Yeah, I think stalking is a good word to use for that because literally when they were at that party together... And she showed no interest in him. It says in giant letters across the screen. And then he stalked her until she left the party. And then after that, he went around to like everyone he possibly could to get as much information about her until he finds out where she works and then starts ordering packages to try to get her to come and talk to him. He asks her out when when uh, she ends up on his doorstep. And the only way that she can get him to like stop is like, was it him who said it he's like if I sign this package will you go out with me Uh, I think it was her I think that he asks her to go out with him she says no she says she's not interested in dating and then he keeps going asks her out like two or three more times and then finally she's like if I say yes will you sign your package so I can leave but otherwise he's refusing to sign the package so that she's like held hostage and like can't leave because she would get in trouble with her job. And he completely discards the package. He just throws it away right in front of her. And I think we talked about this in the last episode too. And I think that it show it's in so many movies and TV shows where someone says they're not interested multiple times and that person is like, well, I'm going to keep going anyway because I'm sure one of these times you'll say yes. She wasn't interested in dating him. She was still having impacts from how controlled she was in her relationship with Gideon. She didn't want a relationship to start and he would not leave her alone even though she said no. I'm trying to think of another movie that displays that, like, really well. Not another teen movie, like the 2001 movie. It's Chris Evans' character, Jake. It's the joke of the toxic pursuing. Like, Jake is constantly going after Jenny, even though, like, she's totally disinterested. And I'm glad that you brought up, like, another example, because you see it in so many movies where instead of accepting that person's disinterest, being like, okay, they said no, I'm going to move on, they feel like it's their job to change their mind and convince them otherwise, when you shouldn't be trying to convince someone that they're interested in you. Absolutely. I've seen that translated into dating apps. It's like the... 
the guy or girl shoots their shot to the other person and when that person rejects them they instantly turn the whole corner and they're like well that's okay Mm -hmm. I didn't want you anyways yeah I know exactly what you're talking about where they try multiple times and then when the person continues to be like no I'm not interested they're like okay well insult to your appearance insult to your intellect I could never be interested in you anyway when they were the one trying to pursue them yeah in the in real life translation of some of the things that you see in movies where it should be normal that we can just accept that that person's not interested you can just accept that be like oh okay there's nothing wrong with me that person's just not interested but instead it's either convince them that they are or insult them there's also i've seen multiple multiple videos of it's typically women but it can happen to men as well where they are followed to the point where they carry around pepper spray and their keychains because they don't feel safe going outside and just like walking around because of yeah. like those kinds of interactions. Yeah, they they even make um there's this thing that I see on TikTok a lot where it's the there's a person who makes little like keychain things with like five different like self defense thing that's a how normalized it is that you need that kind of stuff because no isn't accepted as a no yeah i'm trying to think of the build-up back towards roxy's scene because it was something i don't know if something ramona did i don't think it was something ramona did that had made scott angry before they went to that party I don't think it was something that Ramona did. I think it was the fact that he had to fight another one of her exes. And how he projected his frustration on something that she couldn't really control or predict. Like, it's okay to be frustrated at something like that. Anybody would get frustrated if somebody's exes were, like, coming to fight them. But if you're going to be in, like, a relationship like that, you have to understand that the other person of the relationship is not controlling that. I'm sure Ramona would very much like it if her ex is just left her alone. She's also being victimized by her ex-boyfriend. It's her ex-boyfriend who put a chip on her neck and created the League of Exes to come and fight whoever she wants to try to date. So it's not her fault. She's one of the people being harmed by what's going on. How do you feel like that translates over into real world relationships I'm going to say, like, maybe, like, I, I've always seen, like, the relationship dynamic of, like, the boyfriend playing video games all the time and the girlfriend just kind of sitting and watching. To which, like, that's not a bad relationship dynamic to have because most of the times those relationships are, like, very wholesome and, like, they respect, like, each other's boundaries and everything like that. But there are some moments where the boyfriend or girlfriend may take their frustration and anger from the game out on their significant other when that significant other has no control on what's going on in the game same thing for like if like a significant other comes home from the workplace really upset and frustrated they might take that frustration out on significant other it's like you're seeing like movies and tv shows how there's no communication there's no like this is why i'm upset this is what i'm upset about let's talk through this in a healthy way that's not going to hurt anyone It's just Mm -hmm. that I'm frustrated at something that's happening in my life, so I'm going to get really angry with you. And I feel like that does show up in a lot of relationships because it's kind of normalized in media and in those relationships that it's okay to do that and that we don't have to take time to actually sit down with what we're feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we talked about a lot of really great examples from the movie, um, just pulling out different 
unhealthy behaviors that are like normalized in that setting. Would you mind talking a little bit about maybe how you think that some of the things that we talked about might impact young people or might impact, you know, how they're able to get into relationships or how they're able to kind of act in relationships? I think particularly, maybe it could be both in young men and young girls that they think like, for example, Scott stalking, it may make young men and young women think like that's an okay way to pursue a relationship with somebody is to like kind of like stalk them in like a, a grocery store or like a party or anything like that and like try to get like information on them that they don't know that you know about them even though like you've only spoken like three words together like they may, may barely even like remember your name and like you know like all these facts about them that might like really scare them how do you think the access to social media impacts that? Because in this movie, you didn't have that much of like the social media to like stock and all of that. But how do you how do you feel like that kind of plays a part? I think it plays a part because there's the fact that you can stock people's Instagrams, you can stock their Snapchat stories, you can stock whatever TikToks they make. You can even find out who they're friends with on Facebook or like who their parents are with like the click of a button. And then like you have dating apps that are like Tinder and Bumble. They're not necessarily like a bad thing, but there's also a lot of room for people to harass other people into trying to date them because you can just spam text somebody. And then if you already know like their first and last name, you can easily search them all online. Even if they block you on that specific app, you can find them somewhere else. You can pretend you're somebody else and do it under another identification. So you have like the impact from media showing you that you shouldn't take no for an answer. And, and then you have the like accessibility to all of this information, and all of these different ways to try to contact that person. Right. I know that my workplace has this policy where even if you find out somebody's workplace and you come in and you ask for them, my workplace has the, 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 uh, the policy, even if they're working that day, you do not tell them if that person is in. Uh, is clocked in or when they clock in or what's their schedule or anything like that because that is like a like a big thing where like you might have what you work as or where you work in like your your tinder bio and it may be like all innocent until somebody shows up at your workplace and is like hey does so-and-so work here yeah so it's like a like you can see the impact of that belief of like not accepting no for an answer and like continuing to try to kind of harass and talk to this person anyway to where it gets to the level that people might actually start becoming dangerous and and showing up at someone's workplace and trying to find out all of this information about them yeah that's a good point I'd like to thank Kim for coming on the show today to have this conversation. We spoke a lot today about the extent of how unhealthy behaviors and relationships that are often normalized by media impact young people in forming and maintaining their own relationships. Join us again next month where we'll be continuing this conversation by breaking down another relationship in popular media. As mentioned, please call Next Steps 24-7 and free helpline at one 800 315 5579 for more support or more information about power and control in relationships and resources available to you. You can also listen to our live stream or subscribe to our podcasts at weru.org or on the WERU smartphone app.